Hello and welcome to the Zion Oil and Gas Podcast. Before we get started, it is recommended by our legal advisors to read the forward-looking statement for the next one minute and a half. Stay tuned. This podcast contains forward-looking statements, statements in this communication that are not historical fact, including statements regarding Zion's planned operations, anticipated attributes of geological strata that may be drilled or tested in the future, import of the drilling rig it purchased into Israel in a timely manner, and Zion's ability to successfully raise the funds needed to undertake all of its planned exploration efforts, Zion's ability to continue as a going concern, Zion's ability to have its common stock continue to be listed on the NASDAQ capital market, the timing and completion of the processing, interpretation of the results, and plans contingent thereon of the 3D seismic survey, the timing of the importation onto the well site of the purchased drilling rig, approvals needed for the rig's erection and startup, the effect, if any, of the coronavirus pandemic on the timing of the delivery and startup of the well, and operational risks in ongoing exploration efforts, are forward-looking statements which are made pursuant to the safe harbor provisions of Section 27A of the Securities Act of 1933, as amended, and Section 21E of the Securities and Exchange Act of 1934, as amended. These forward-looking statements are based on assumptions that are subject to significant known and unknown risks, uncertainties, and other unpredictable factors, many of which are described in Zion's periodic reports filed with the SEC and are beyond Zion's control. These risks could cause Zion's actual performance to differ materially from the results predicted by these forward-looking statements. Zion can give no assurance that the expectations reflected in these statements will prove to be correct and assumes no responsibility to update these statements. Hello and welcome to the Zion Oil and Gas Podcast. I am your host, Andrew Summy. Vice President of Marketing and Investor Relations with Zion Oil and Gas. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Andrew Summy, and today we have Martin Van Brommen, and he is Zion Senior Vice President, Corporate Secretary, Treasurer, and Board Director. Welcome, Martin. Glad to have you on today. Yes, thank you. Well, you've been with uh, Zion quite quite a while, uh, and you've been connected with John. Uh, so tell us a little bit about your background and how you ended up at Zion. All right. Yeah, over the years, I've held uh, a number of different officer positions since really 2007. Um, in 2006, John Brown uh, saw my efforts to set up uh, charitable foundations uh, one in Israel, the B'nai Joseph Foundation, and one in Geneva, the Abraham Foundation, uh, so that they could receive petroleum revenues from future petroleum sales by Zion Oil in Israel. And that began my relationship. Um, in terms of background, spent 12 years um, as an international petroleum industry specialist with the Office of Chief Counsel, then I was an international corporate tax consultant with Deloitte and then Grant Thornton. Um, so that is my background. Yeah. And, and I mean, you've been since 2006, you connected primarily through setting up the foundations for John. Now, when did you first meet John? I guess in probably 2006, um, uh, leaving um, 
Grant Thornton, I went on my own and um, rented uh, space as a corporate international tax attorney. And he came through and uh, noticed I uh, knew something about international and and taxation and and transactions and said he wanted to set up some charitable foundations. And I did a analysis and recommended one in Israel and one in Geneva. Uh, right. Foundations. Now, but now did he notice or did you know very much about your Jewish background? Maybe tell some of the listeners how you in this process have discovered uh, your Jewish heritage, uh, you know, relationships or relatives in Israel. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, during the fall of 2006, an unknown cousin, I didn't think I had any relatives, contacted me and said, I think we're related. And by the way, the family is Jewish. Um, since then, I've discovered I have relatives in Israel that escaped Europe in the 1930s. When I grew up, there were no grandparents, no aunts, uncles. Somehow I was told they all died somehow in the 30s and 40s. Um, my father moved to Texas in around 1935 as a young man from Connecticut, uh, hid his Jewish identity. Of course, I grew up going to um, Park City's Baptist Church. And of course, today we go to Prestonwood Baptist Church. Uh, but I was wondering, you know, why did he hide his Jewish identity? And I started reading hundreds of books about Jewish history. What was the situation in the 1930s, the Holocaust, the status? Now, did, you, did you have an interest in uh, Jewish history and background before that time, or did this begin that? No, I had zero. Um, <laughs> and then also, uh, I made my first trip to Israel and went to Yad Vashem, and put in the family last name and discovered uh, about 98 separate families with the same last name that died in the Holocaust throughout Europe. Wow, that, that's pretty shocking. So you had almost a simultaneous situation where you came to work for Zion and finding out about your Jewish heritage and finding out that most of your relatives uh, were killed in the or murdered in the in the Holocaust. Yes, and and I've discovered that you know I wasn't alone. There are a lot of families that sort of hid their identity in the 30s um, and are now sort of finding out you know later in life. And of course, from all my reading, I started jotting down notes, and I came up with a book called Jews and Christians, fellow travelers to the end of days, and. John has had that you know book published, and it's free um, from Zion Oil, and it's my discovery of a Jewish background and trying to relate that to my Christian upbringing, and and you know, what sort of bridge should I be between the two communities? That's right, right, and just have about. some understanding. Of that, and, and, I, and I've read, read your book. Uh, it's fascinating. It's interesting. Uh, and like you said, you know, we're offering it to anyone who anyone who wants it, really. But uh, Zion listeners on this podcast, and you can just email us, and we'll. And uh, what's incredible is I've had, you know, Christians read the book. I've had Orthodox Jews read this book, and no one has any complaints. There's nothing they don't disagree with interesting interesting and now 
And, then I'm and, working on a second book, um, 15th to 18th century maps of the Holy Land in Jerusalem, sacred geography and sacred space as a window into Christian and Jewish eschatology. Um, because my journey now has taken me to even a more in-depth analysis of the relationship between Christians and Jews and the pilgrimages to Jerusalem over the centuries. Oh, that's incredible. That's incredible. I, I know there's uh, some incredible historical map books like by Martin Gilbert and, and so on. Um, well, that, that, that will definitely be interesting. Now, tell me a little bit more about the foundations that you mentioned, uh, the foundations that have been set up because when Zion hits oil or is able to produce oil and, and, and creates a profit, then a portion of those profits, part of the vision that uh, John had for the company was to have a portion of those profits go toward uh, the needy, the needs and um, so maybe ex explain that a little bit more and uh, some of the details and the two different types of foundations. Yes. Uh, well, John came to me and said he wanted to set up two. He said charitable trusts, one in the U.S. and one in Israel. And, you know, since I, you know, familiar with um, Switzerland because I've in Europe by setting up other uh, companies for other clients. Um, and also aware of the tax structure globally, told him that, okay, what we need to do is set up a, a foundation in Israel, not a, not a trust. And we need to and set up an international foundation worldwide in Geneva because that's where international foundations are set up. There's a reason for that, for tax reasons. Um, and so we set up uh, B'nai Joseph Foundation in Israel, which is an Amutah. And right now, since we don't have any revenue, there's no royalties flowing in, uh, the government had us, it's limited to two categories. It's medical centers and children's homes in Israel. Now the Swiss foundation is like your normal 501c3 US foundation, but it's based in Geneva and it's an international foundation, the Abraham foundation and and as soon as, you know, that's funded. Now we have sent some money through the Abraham and we have made a few grants to, um, for example, to a, a home for, uh, children with learning disabilities in Switzerland. Uh, you know, as we, now we've assigned a 3% overhang royalty to each foundation whenever we have sales of petroleum in Israel. And so uh, we're sort of earmarking two areas, uh, medical hospitals, center, medical centers, and, and foundation nonprofits that relate to children. And, and gotcha. our starting point, and then we go from there. Now, one of the big reasons why uh, we wanted to have this conversation today is some of our shareholders have written in and, and, and asked, you know, the increase from 200 to 400, uh, what does that really mean? And they think that there will be immediately available uh, to the public all 400 of those shares. And that's not exactly the, the, the situation. That doesn't mean shares outstanding. That just means shares that are available to be issued in the in the case that the company may need to do so 
Is, is that the correct understanding? There? Yes. Um, you know, it doesn't mean, you know, they're basically shares that the company has that can use in the future. For example, uh, I know that when we, when the day comes and we have revenue, uh, we very much like to, uh, for example, give stock dividends. Well, to give stock dividends, you have to have a lot of authorized shares to be able to do that. Or, you know, companies, uh, if they're, say, if, they're, if their share price, you know, really goes up high and they want, you know, smaller shareholders to be able to invest, they'll do um, a split, you know, a two-for-one split of stock. Um, also, it's important that Zion has this for future um, capital um, expansion in terms of being able to develop whatever uh, fields or whatever um, license areas they have to continue their exploration, their drilling, and all their operations. And, you know, it's a very important in terms of going forward and it's considered, um, you know, basically uh, a reasonable um, company purpose to be able to have a certain uh, additional amount of shares in reserve for things that come up unexpectedly. As um, so, you just you just never know, and in right. a, a period of trying to explore. And, you know, capital is something that we uh, need going forward. Well, Martin, I, I really appreciate you taking the time today to talk to me and to talk to all of our uh, shareholders and Zion supporters. If you would like to order a book, uh, uh, Martin's book, uh, then you can email us at info at zionoil.com and just request that book and we'll get that sent out to you uh, as soon as we can. And, and, and then if you want to know more information about the foundations, we have a page set up on our website where you can learn more about that. And uh, thank you so much. Okay, thank you. We want to thank our listeners for listening to the Zion Oil & Gas podcast. Zion Oil & Gas is a public company traded on the NASDAQ market with ticker symbol ZN, and explores for oil and gas onshore in Israel on their 99,000 acre Megiddo Jezreel license area. We encourage you to share this podcast with others. Also subscribe in your favorite podcast app. And we look forward to new weeks of this podcast for you. Please know that this podcast contains forward-looking statements and we encourage you to read the entire forward-looking statement in the details of this podcast. I am Andrew Summy, and for Zion's sake, I will not be silent. This podcast contains forward-looking statements, statements in this communication that are not historical fact, including statements regarding Zion's planned operations, anticipated attributes of geological strata that may be drilled or tested in the future, imported the drilling rig it purchased into Israel in a timely manner, and Zion's ability to successfully raise the funds needed to undertake all of its planned exploration efforts, Zion's ability 
to continue as a going concern, Zion's ability to have its common stock continue to be listed on the NASDAQ capital market, the timing and completion of the processing, interpretation of the results, and plans contingent thereon of the 3D seismic survey, the timing of the importation onto the well site of the purchase drilling rig, approvals needed for the rig's erection and startup, the effect, if any, of the coronavirus pandemic on the timing of the delivery and startup of the well, and operational risks in ongoing exploration efforts, are forward-looking statements which are made pursuant to the safe harbor provisions of Section 27A of the Securities Act of 1933, as amended, and Section 21E of the Securities and Exchange Act of 1934, as amended. These forward-looking statements are based on assumptions that are subject to significant known and unknown risks, uncertainties, and other unpredictable factors, many of which are described in Zion's periodic reports filed with the SEC and are beyond Zion's control. These risks could cause Zion's actual performance to differ materially from the results predicted by these forward-looking statements. Zion can give no assurance that the expectations reflected in these statements will prove to be correct and assumes no responsibility to update these statements.